Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. We are coming to you late Thursday night, just before midnight. The Dallas Mavericks have closed out the Utah Jazz in Game 6, 98-96, securing their first playoff series uh, win in 11 years. And for anybody who can't do math, that was when the Dallas Mavericks beat the Miami Jazz. So it has been some time. Josh, how are you? I'm good. You just called them the Miami Jazz. I just wanted to point that out. That was very well, <laughs> you know, the, if there's a if there's a call, like if there's a, a descriptor for this game, it was exhaustion. Yes. Um, not only am I tired, the Mavericks looked whipped. And the 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 first half was ugly. The Jazz attacked kind of relentlessly. They were not able to stop Donovan Mitchell and other people from just kind of getting to the rim with ease. And then in the, the third quarter, after about four minutes of more ugly basketball, I think a, a Dwight or maybe it was a, a Dwight Powell foul forced Jason Kidd to go uber small. The Mavericks found some offensive life and ended up taking a five point lead into the fourth quarter, which was enough as they barely held on. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah, I guess we should probably start from the end and, and maybe work our way back a little bit because I mean, who I mean, well, let's let's clarify this before we start. We are delighted the Mavericks won. Yeah, this game sucked ass. <laughs> this was this was like survive. Like this was. Uh, I'm I'm pulling a deep video game cut here, but if uh, any listeners, if you guys played Halo Reach back in the day. Uh, the very last mission in that game is it literally the the little objective marker pops up and it says current objective survive and it's literally you against like every enemy in the game until you until you die uh, and that's what the fourth quarter felt like especially the final five minutes I mean it was it was not pretty uh, it was not good basketball but they survived yeah and you know if we start backwards there was. This was, it really felt like a carbon copy of game four in clutch time where Luca was just doing too much. I mean, I have this from people who are, who are not Mavericks fans, but are NBA, like they're the analysts. Like I've been talking to people all week. Luca made the previous three games exceptionally difficult in ways that I understand why. I understand why he wants to attack the best player and good defenders. But they did zero bum hunting this game, did they? Or am I wrong? Like uh, they I, did was, a little I was bit. baffled. They they did a little bit. There was some. Uh, they switched. They got they screened Jordan Clarkson onto Luca a couple times in the second half. But compared to games uh, two and three, I mean, it was, it was basically non-existent. I mean, they did it a couple times, but it wasn't near the rate that they did it uh, in games two and three. I mean, Mitchell again, was standing in the corner guarding a spot-up shooter for a majority of the game. Uh, and the Mavericks really just ran that Luka, you know, pick and roll with against Gobert and kind of played with that matchup as much as they could. And sometimes it worked. And t- toward the end of the third quarter, it worked. Uh, toward the end of the fourth quarter, though, it uh, though that well dried up considerably. But they held on. They held on because the Jazz are a really weird team. Uh, they got a – they're bad. They're bad, I mean, they're bad, they're bad. I mean, they had a chance to win the game twice in the final final five seconds, and they got a travel and missed a wide – and I mean 
wide, wide open. open. You can't get more open. Great play designs. Yeah. I mean, incredible. And it, again, like, I know Josh, like, I think we sound unhappy, but it's just, it's like that game leaves like a, like, I didn't realize this. I looked this up at the end of the game. So Salt Lake City is 4,400 feet elevation. And oh yeah, it's right in the mountain. It's in the mountains. I, I think. I mean, I I knew it, but you, I associate <laughs> Denver with elevation. Yeah, that kicked the shit out of Luca. Like Luca was was he was. I cannot believe they allowed him to ISO. Well, not ISO. He was running the offense, but it was like, can we can we let Jalen do something? Can we mix something up? They they just kept doing high screen and rolls and ball rotation, and it was just. It's the sort of thing that they were getting away with in a really big and, and getting away with isn't fair. They were they're kicking the crap out of teams in in, in clutch time and in, in basically from February first on. But things tighten up a little, and I would like to see I would like to see a little more variety if they if if they're playing clutch time games against the Suns, you know, because yeah. it's, it, the you just can't go you just can't do that. <laughs> Because I was, I'm just so glad they won, man. Because if they had lost in that Bogdanovich three, we would oh just be so God. like. But but uh, they didn't. They didn't. They won. They want to play. Gonna go play crazy. the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I mean, the stat lines from this game are bananas. Dwight Powell played 11 minutes and had zero points and one rebound. Yeah, he had the quick hook tonight, especially. I mean, I don't. Did he come back in? I don't think he came back into the game after no. he got pulled in the third quarter. No, Josh Green and Davis Bertans each played two minutes. This was a tight seven-man rotation. Um, the biggest, probably, X factor of this game, and I think we got to give him his flowers because we've been killing him. Was Spencer Dinwiddie, who played probably he played thirty-two minutes. He connected on four or seven threes, and two of them I remember being like no 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 yes step back threes and then the other two were really just like solid catch and shoot corner threes um he attacked the rim a little bit better because he hit three two-point shots which is nice three out of five um and you know he didn't really move the ball very much but he didn't really he wasn't really asked to because they were spreading the floor so much and you know spencer getting on track in some way shape or form like just seeing the ball go in it's really important if the Mavericks hope to do anything against the Suns. Yeah, and I wonder if that small ball lineup helped him a lot. Uh, I mean, the Mavericks were basically just kind of – it felt like Luka was starting a possession, pick and roll, drive into the paint, kick it out to Brunson, who would then kind of attack the closeout. And then <laughs> Dinwiddie was like up next. I mean, he was attacking some very scattered jazz defenses that were scrambling, trying to make rotations. So I think that helped him a lot um, instead of just, if you know, being maybe the second guy that gets the ball or, or maybe being the lead guy running, you know, running bench uh, units. I think it really helped that he was able to kind of be in a really wide open offense with that small, with Dorian at the five, basically Uh, that that helped a lot, but he was also, he was pretty consistent all game. And I mean, just hitting his threes is just a big, I mean, what I think Kirk, you said he was, you have the numbers. He's like, he was like six of 20, he was six seven? of twenty-seven coming he, into this game. And he was four of seven tonight. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's just kind of kind of the thing, you know. That's not necessarily a strategy or game plan. It's just make your shots. I mean, they weren't the shot. Those seven threes he got tonight weren't considerably different than the previous, you know, twenty-seven he shot in games one through five. So I mean, you know, that's just kind of how it rolls. Uh, I feel like him and Dorian and Brunson were like. You know, Luca obviously had his moments, and you know he wasn't—he wasn't like terrible, awful. Like he still 
provided some moments in the fourth and and quarters one through three I think he was okay you know he started the first half pretty poorly but he had a really good third quarter you know he was he was good he wasn't like amazing Luca you know world destroyer but man that trio Brunson Finney Smith Dinwiddie I think those guys kind of saved the game really in my opinion oh absolutely I mean we've not even talked about Dorian Dorian probably had his I mean I'm not sure if it's his best game but it's got to be his best game in his biggest moment right yeah, I mean that three pointer he hit. Oh, I can't remember how much time was left. Um, yeah, four minutes left, and the Jazz tie the game after the Mavericks had an eight point lead uh, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it looks like it's going to be a turnover. Uh, Luca throws kind of an off pass out of the trap, and I mean, I really thought it was a turnover. Like Dorian got one hand on it, and I thought it was just going to slip out of bounds. And the next thing I know, he's loading up for a three pointer, and he makes it. Yeah, uh, that might have been the biggest shot of his career, if you think about it, with the way that the crowd was going absolutely bananas after Utah tied it up. And for him to kind of catch an awful pass, compose himself, and then make the three, like, man, he was he was nails all night. I mean, he was he he was one of the few Mavericks uh that did not let the moment get to him. Uh I mean, I don't want to say like a lot of Mavericks look like that. That's not what I meant, but um he he definitely didn't look like that at all. He was ready for the moment. Well, the crazy thing about Dorian, this is a little thing. We've talked a lot about Dorian, as we should have. But one of the things I don't think I've addressed specifically is, like, for a real long time, all of Dorian's three-point numbers were boosted by the fact that he shot, like, incredibly well from the corners, like like 45% in stretches. But now he's taking these above-the-break threes, and they look like butter. I mean, he hit four tonight total threes, and I remember three of them being above the break. Like not super high up, but it's 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 a location thing where it just it it makes a big difference because if you got like him and Bullock kind of spacing the floor that way on one side of the floor or Brunson or whoever it is in those spots, that's three like that's two really good three point shooters that makes the defense have to have to choose something. It was just really neat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it opens up so much because without Tim Hardaway Jr., I mean, their shooting is really reduced to you know spot up shooting is. Bullock, Finney Smith, Kleba, uh, you know, Brunson and Dinwiddie do what they can. And, and Luca obviously is more of a off the dribble guy. So, I mean, the fact that he's been so consistent in these playoffs and this season, I mean, it just, it's been huge. And man, you look at nine turnovers, another low turnover game in a, in a game like this where, you know, any one possession can kill you. Um, I think that was also pretty commendable. Brunson hit a big three after the Jazz hit a three to tie it. Um, I don't know. There, there were multiple points in the fourth quarter where I was like, this game is getting away from them. And it never did. Uh, you know, the Jazz kind of kept coming back and they never, like, they never folded all the way. Like, you know, they would still, you know, the offense bogged down. Brunson missed a free throw, but, yep. uh, you know, they dodged some daggers, obviously, with the Mike Conley travel and, and, and Boyan missing a wide open three. Um, but otherwise, I think, you know, they did okay. You know, they weathered the storm, and that's really all you can uh-huh. ask for in a game six, closeout game, game six on the road, because, I mean, who cares what the margin of it, you know, no, doesn't completely. matter. They're in the second round, right? Doesn't matter. They right? missed, the, the Jazz missed five free throws in a two-point game, and that's going <laughs> to, like, that's, like, they had fifth, they had, they had 11 turnovers, they had a bunch in the first quarter. Like, they, the Jazz are really kicking themselves because they had a chance to push this to seven because the Mavericks weren't tight, or the Mavericks weren't on top of things. Um, and, and I think like the, the main takeaway that I have is that it's really important. And you, you just basically told me to write about this, but I didn't notice till I was done. 
but you the Mavericks just needed to win like go win the grindy game you know like just just go be done with it and and it's great because I'm I, I wrote in the recap the one thing I did write was you know enjoy the fact that they won this game and if once we kind of start delving into kind of the more specifics and stuff that they're really going to have to tighten up on when they play the Suns um if they hope to to try to you know surprise them in a seven game series um don't you know enjoy the win enjoy the series win i mean i'm going to we you know we work too hard for this stuff like a lot of people give us like a lot of people give me and you and some of our staff shit but it's just like we stay up late we write stuff we talk about basketball we're thinking about it because not only we like it but we like also giving you know we like making things for people um you know, my my pet my my favorite thing I like to do is to like low key tease people who do everything, all the hard work, going to the games, listening to the press conferences, etc. But then they don't like do anything with it, and so it's like this is a time of year where you gotta like really enjoy the hard work. And you know, yeah, the Mavericks played an ugly game. Yeah, I'm frustrated because it could have been better, and I would like to see them clean up things. But at the end of it, I keep thinking like, all right, they won, they won. We get to do this again. They had right? we get to do this. Go ahead. I was gonna say they had an eleven-year, million-pound weight on their shoulder in this game. Like, I mean, you, it's never easy to break these kind of like bad slumps or streaks, you know. Well, we just we got so spoiled for those of us who yeah. are older. Like, Dirk was so good. And when <laughs> yeah. you, win, you win fifty games year after year after year. You know, you you advance to the second round, the conference finals, the finals. Like we had two finals appearances. I wonder how many conference finals appearances they had. Like there, there were a series of, of games. You know, it's like you go like first round probably. Like I want to say between like two, you know, they, they had tough. They had a tough time winning series, it, but because winning in the playoffs is hard, yeah. and we we just had enough incredible runs to where I think it's like blotting out the fact that I'm pretty sure I could be wrong about this, but like the 2009, like the 2010 playoffs. I'm pretty sure the Mavericks got beat by a Spurs team that was lower seeded than them. Like there's yeah, some Mavs were a two seed. Yeah, so there's some real stinkers, like yeah. real stinkers in in the last 20 years of basketball that we just kind of like forget because we move on to the next one. And you know, we we're getting the like we've watched Luca play a grand total of like 16 playoff games right now, and he's just been out of his mind, out of yeah. his mind, yeah. and it spoils us. And, yeah, and, and he- I just. It lean in and enjoy it if you want. If 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 you know, if, I think we should. Yeah, and then look at the broader context. Like the Phoenix Suns won in six in a hellacious six game series against the, the eight seeded Pelicans, who are not even the normal eight seed. They were, you know, they were like, they were how many games under five hundred, and then they were only in the playoffs because of the play in. So they were even worse than a typical eight seed, and they they gave the Suns everything, and the Suns were the one seed. Like, remember. Way back in, you know, I hope our listeners that are that can remember, you know, the 2012 playoffs, the Mavericks were, I can't remember what seed they were, but they were playing against that Thunder team that went to the finals. And yeah, the Thunder beat them in four, but I'm pretty sure like the margin of victory in like three of those games was like two points each. Mm-hmm. Um, like something, like you said, it's hard. Like it just, it, you know, games like game five are, are not, the norm in the playoffs, even when you have a decided advantage that the Mavericks have, you know, you can't predict this stuff all the way through because these guys are human. They're going to miss shots that they should make. They're going to make, make shots they should miss. Like that's just kind of part of the deal. Um, Mm -hmm. So you just, like you said, you take it, you're happy with it. And like, 
Lord, we get to talk about a second round playoff preview matchup. Like that's awesome. And you get it is. They get it to really play is. Phoenix, which is the best team in the league, which I know is kind of like a maybe a bummer if people are hoping for a deep playoff run. But you know, this is this is what it's about. The Mavericks have to be better than this Phoenix team if their ultimate goal is to win yeah. a championship with Luca. They're gonna have to eventually stack up against teams like this Phoenix team. Absolutely. And be it only gets harder. And yeah. you know, the thing that I'm, you know, just to just to briefly be bullish, this this Phoenix team only like they only saw the Mavericks in a very different form. This is a completely different Mavericks team than the Mavericks teams they beat earlier in the season. So I'm yeah, I'm really sure. looking forward to this matchup. Like it's going yeah. to be weren't two of the games to, without Luca. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And and I and the COVID it's really yeah, and honestly, like like CP3 took Jalen Brunson to school in the fourth quarter in one of those games, like just an absolute like masterclass. I remember like kind of the same mm-hmm. thing he did tonight, if you watched any of that. And so I'm really like this could go, you know, the Dallas could get the Mavericks could get swept. The Mavericks could take take the Suns to seven. I would not be shocked at any outcome because this team has such bizarre shooting variances. And also, like they they just their top seven is really interesting. You know, you're you're playing Booker, you're playing CP3, and you're gonna be able to, you know, the 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 you know, not to, we're gonna talk about this in the coming days. Like we'll probably talk about it Sunday night or something just before we're thinking about it. But you know, there's just a lot that's really interesting about what the Mavericks can do to attack the Suns. I'm not sure if it's gonna work, but I definitely am not going into this. Like if the Mavericks had played like the Warriors, the way the Warriors are playing right now, that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Like the granted, they just they just held off and, and you know conducted a gentleman's sweep of of the um nuggets and didn't exactly finish that series in Sterling you know, position either. Like the West is a real like like meat grinder at the moment. But that like the meat grinder aspect is what should give you some hope because the Dallas Mavericks play playoff basketball. Like they went they they play grindy games. They're comfortable in these situations. There's a lot to look forward to. Uh I think that that you know at least four more games stretch in the only thing that really sucks about these games is that all of them are going to be at absolutely terrible <laughs> times. Yeah. Like, we're not getting am, any sleep anytime is, soon. Me, my specific fault, because I sat there talking about Luby start times for the better part of a month, and now we're only playing late games. Yeah, we'll we'll fight through that. We'll be well, all right. That, th- <laughs> oh man, you, um, you want me to give you a pretty good uh, stat here? To I don't know if you've seen this. Um, for the final three games, the Jazz as a team. So the final three games. So you know, six, five, and game six, five, and four. The Jazz, as a team, shot 22 for 100 from three. Um, so, yeah, there was, there's going to be some – I mean, there's something kind of fun. Like, this is like, you know, we're not talking – we're not analyzing anything here, but there's something, like, kind of fun being the team that, like, breaks an- another team. Like, that – that the this era of Jazz basketball is, is done. Like, they're going to yep. detonate that team. Uh, and it's, there's something about being the team that forces a team to to blow it up. Like there's something there's something kind of fun about that. And so, uh, oh yeah, I, I sadistically kind of enjoy uh, when when the Mavericks can do that to another team. That's fun. Man, well, I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm gonna go try to do a green room, which I'm sure means I'll be up for oh, three fun. hours. But 
Hey, I, that's why we do this. Why I tell myself I do this because I was, you know, Mark Stein was like hanging out in the room the other night. And I don't know how many people listen to that thing because it just kind of kept going on. Like we we're on for like two and a half hours. And I, I just told him, I said, part of why I do this is when, and when the Mavs won in 2011, I didn't have anybody to celebrate with. I was just with my wife. Like I didn't know any Mavs fans in DC. I wasn't, I was on Twitter, but I wasn't on Twitter. Like my Facebook feed this time of year is always hilarious when I look back at memories because it's just like me bitching about games, just like I do now. <laughs> um, and and I just said, like, there's like I really enjoy like the sense of community. Like I like like a, you know, our 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 metrics and you know just about every other maps person that does this like this like it's off the charts like we're just in un uh, there's nothing like this i didn't expect it so ah uh, this has been a lot of fun a lot of fun we'll be back i don't know a little later probably to have some more specific stuff about the uh the the, the sons and the, the map or uh, the sons and the mavericks but do you have anything else no 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 i mean just ecstatic of the mavericks move on the next round um and maybe you know I think my, me personally, you know, I'm, if you've been wondering why I've been echoing this entire game, it's because my room is completely empty except my computer, desk, and microphone. Uh, because I'm moving. I'm moving Friday. Um, so. Well, I mean, uh, this is my fault. I specifically made the joke like a month ago when you were like, oh, I'm going to have to move. I'm like, well, the Mavs are going to the finals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but now that like we're, we're going to be through that for the second round, I mean, hell, we should think about, you know, you're in the DFW area, like why not? You know, maybe for one of these road games, we should maybe get try to get the community to meet up somewhere and watch one of these games in person. Yeah. I've been kind of thinking about that. Like that'd be kind of fun. But uh, let's make the most of this run because you, you never right. know. Yeah. Well, this has been great. We'll talk to you guys in the coming days. Be sure to come to our website. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is uh, outstanding. I'm just I'm 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 gonna go to bed. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not I'm gonna go host the green room. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow. Be sure to subscribe, like, tell your friends because uh, we we normally do uh, much more lively podcasts, and instead <laughs> here we are. Uh, talk to you guys a little later in the week.